You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 35, covering Whom Gods Destroy and Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. Hello, every person. How's it going? We have a fun week this week. Oh, God. Yeah. Sometimes we get really good episodes. Sometimes we get really terrible episodes, and Al needs to pull out the bucket. <laughs> but sometimes... Yeah, sometimes we, we, get, we get this. We yeah. Get this. this is really what I'd hoped for when we were doing... Like, when we started doing the original series, I didn't know what was in store. Like, I knew there were some good ones and there were some bad ones. But I thought there would be more sort of crazy, campy, over-the-top, like, fun weeks. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we've had a week where they both kind of fall in the same, you know, in, in the same week. So I'm glad we have an opportunity to do these two, which are just both kind of easy to make fun of. Just, yeah. I mean, that's that's the easiest way to say it, easy to make A lot fun of. of ridiculousness to go around in these ones. But fun ridiculousness, not like, you know, shake your head what sadly ha- ridiculous. What happened to Spock's brain ridiculousness? Uh, why do I like Star Trek again? I don't Where know. did it go? All right. Uh, the first one is mine. It is Whom Gods Destroy. Uh, Kirk finally manages to take the Enterprise to a penal colony, which he's been itching to do since we learned that it's one of his hobbies back in mid-season one. Actually, this is specifically a home for the criminally insane, an Arkham Asylum in space, if you will. Brace yourselves, folks. This is the first of many Batman references this week. Kirk and Spock beam down to the colony and meet with the warden, or governor as we're calling him for some ridiculously politically correct reason. Uh, they discussed the fact that Garth of Izar, the greatest starship captain in history until you-know-who came along, went crazy and is imprisoned here. Then we discovered that the real governor's been placed in a cell, and this guy is actually the aforementioned Garth, who learned how to shapeshift using really unconvincing camera tricks. Seriously, this is like someone telling you to close your eyes, then quickly switching places with someone else before you open them. Just awful. Anyway, yeah. The inmates, who include a Tellarite, an Andorian with horrible fashion sense, and a bona fide green Orion slave girl, run the asylum. Oh, and the green girl is played by Yvonne Craig, who played Batgirl in the Adam West Batman series. Much to Matt's delight. You ain't kidding there. Garth and his merry band of lunatics intend to steal the Enterprise for their sinister purposes, and so, one completely horrible shapeshift into Kirk's form later, he calls Scotty and asks to be beamed up. This was the point at which Matt and I rolled our eyes and started yelling at the screen about duplicate Kirks and how the crew somehow manages to fall for this trick week after week. And apparently they could hear us, because now there's a new security measure in place. Scotty gives part of a secret code to which Kirk must respond with the other part. And since Kirk is Garth, he can't, and he throws a crazy temper tantrum. (laughs) And then we descend into the thing that Star Trek excels at in Season 3, repetitive padding. The entire middle third of the episode involves Garth torturing or threatening to torture various people. The governor, Kirk, Spock, the green chick. Occasionally he switches it up and offers him the carrot instead of the stick. Unlimited power, do-hoo-hoo, a night with the green chick, a year's supply of rice-a-roni, the San Francisco treat, but Kirk's having none of it. Finally, Spock outwits and overpowers the guards because he's awesome. The day is saved and Garth has returned to his lobotomy chair, where he'd be no tribble at all. (laughs) Yeah, this one was... There There were a lot of really good ideas here. Oh yeah, no, I like the idea of a uh, of an intergalactic insane asylum. Sure. Um, I love the see- idea of a of a starship captain who's gone crazy. Like the you know the best and the brightest. We keep hearing how Starfleet is like this ideal whatever, and it's nice to see someone couldn't handle the pressure and kind of snapped. Yeah. And then our best guy went lip strummingly crazy. Yeah. 
I mean, you, you know, you, you got to figure it is sort of a military structure and, and you're going to have your occasional private pile. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they might not. Uh, <laughs> sometimes they might not, you know, do what Private Pile did until after they're elevated to captain. But uh, you know, this phaser is my phaser. There are many like it, but this one is mine. <laughs> captain Garth, are you allowed to have a jelly donut in your Footlocker? <laughs> but no, and and the guy who plays Garth is the perfect. Really, I, I don't say this often. The perfect Star Trek villain. Oh yeah, for the for the original series, mm-hmm. he is. I mean, you got to have someone who's got the presence that Shatner has, who's got a bit of the overacting, a little bit over the top, mm-hmm. but you you totally buy him as a, as a commanding presence, as someone who can match wits with Kirk, like Khan, like a couple of the Klingon captains, um, like female Romulan commander. Yep, and this guy, like this guy, was totally exactly what you want out of your crazy over the top Star Trek villain. He was yep. great. Also, I got a real Caligula vibe vibe off of him. There, you know? there was a bit of that. There was a bit of, you know, um, at one point they had like a, a grand feast and the green girl danced and all that. And there, there was definitely a bit of I'm in control. Let's uh, let's live it up a bit, which was nice. I, I kept expecting him to make his uh, to make his horse his commander. <laughs> there was it was weird because um, his backstory was that he was a fleet commander. Mm-hmm. Which I'm Which, not really, I mean, you know, we don't like to get into the nitpicky much on this show, but I would like to kind of know what the difference is between a fleet captain and a Commodore or an Admiral. Like, Yeah, all of which apparently is the same thing. Well, I thought a Commodore was in charge of several ships and star bases. No, no, Commodores are in charge of buying submarines. Oh, of course. No, that's... Uh, we got enough Batman references already. Don't, uh, <laughs> don't need you shoehorning in that one. You you do love that one so, though. I do. Uh, Marta the Orion Girl uh, was, uh, like I said, played by Yvonne Craig. Uh, oh, God. But she was more, um, to bring in another Batman analogy, uh, Harley Quinn, actually. Oh, yeah. There was definitely, when I when I originally saw this episode a, a while ago, um, I, I thought of Garth as sort of the Joker and her as Harley. Like, they're both evil. They're both crazy. He kind of lords it over her. She's scared, but also respectful. And, mm-hmm. and there was definitely that vibe of, you know, once Garth takes over the Enterprise, we're going to get married. <laughs> <laughs> she, unfortunately, I, I've said this before, I don't mind if there are sort of, you know, weak women who are tossed around like ragdolls, if there are also strong women, but uh, mm-hmm. only woman on the planet. So, yeah. So uh, on, on the feminist report card, this one gets an F. Yeah. But that said... And the F is not for feminism. Oh, no. That said, though, um, I mean, I, I mentioned that Matt uh, did a fair amount of drooling. I will certainly cop to my own uh, my own degree of drooling. Cause, I am uh, very pro-Yvonne Craig. Yeah, and this was right on the heels of, of Batman. Like, this was yep. a year after that show went off the air, so she's still in her prime. She's still quite attractive and uh, not wearing very much. And, uh, and what she isn't wearing is covered by green. Yeah. Which, so, you know, starting to get... Yeah, our our pal Bob, who we've had on before, has a thing for that, and uh, it's not really my thing, but I can I can see I can see the appeal. Mm-hmm. Definitely can see the appeal. Um, I, it was nice to see a variety of aliens. It was nice to see an Andorian, a Tellarite. Yeah, like those are those are goofy alien designs, but at least you know there's some continuity there. It's like, hey, you know, we we have these uh, aliens. Why not use them? Like it, any little thing for them to to flesh out this universe to make it feel like all these stories exist in the same world. It's yeah. nice. And and it seems so obvious now that every show does it, but but back then I don't know that there was a lot of that. Yeah. 
Oh, I mean, fuck this- that 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 Andorian though. Well, <laughs> in our little pre-show here, I coined the phrase uh, "full body feather boa" oh, to describe what he was wearing, and you pointed out that he's, he appears to be wearing golf pants under that. Yep, like really ugly golf pants. <laughs> yeah, but you know. It was nice to see that it wasn't just a, some, you know, what they usually do, which is like, uh, even even up to like Wrath of Khan, which is like, um, when it, when an evil guy has a, a team of guys, it's usually like, sort of haggard looking humans. Yeah. With like ripped up clothes and maybe long hair. And, mm. you know, it's nice that they mixed it up a little. Yeah, no, it, it, it's cool seeing those other, like, you know, a little more variety. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, they were, they were a little goofy, but, you know, at least they tried. Look, I have no problem with the alien makeup. I'm referring to the, the costuming of one yeah. particular alien. Yeah. Um, well, there was some other costuming issues. Some of the guys in the background appeared to be wearing the ridiculous hats from various previous episodes. From the ridiculous hat planets. Yeah. Well, there, there have been several at this point. <laughs> we may, before we uh, before we completely adjourn the original series, uh, need to take a ridiculous hat count. <laughs> because there's enough that I think somebody needs to, to make a... Make an accounting of all the crazy hats. Oh, and I loved the uh, the, gov- the 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 governor had like this jumpsuit, and there was a logo on it with like a hand making the OK sign. See, I thought that's what it was, but it's a hand holding a dove between uh, between its thumb and forefinger, as if well, it's about to crush the dove. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the insane asylum. We're going to make you better by crushing freedom. <laughs> this represents peace. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, from from a distance, it did look like the OK sign. That would have been even better. That would have been so awesome. It's you're, like welcome. You're sane. <laughs> I get a stamp and everything. <laughs> the the planet was called Elba, which I thought was a bit on the nose. That's uh, that's where um, Napoleon was exiled to. Ah, he's like a really powerful guy exiled Elba. Huh? Wow. Okay. Um, oh, and as far as um, costuming goes, there was those. Um, the spacesuits that I loved in the Tholian web. Oh, yeah. That threw me, too, because for a second there, I thought that the guys were from Starfleet and had, like, take, like captured the girl. Ah. No, there's a, there a bit, like I mentioned in the in the summary, where um, he threatened to kill uh, the, the Orion girl, Marta. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, what it is, the, uh, the asylum is on a planet with a poison atmosphere. And so they dumped her outside and opened the window, and Kirk had to watch her, like, struggling and, and you know suffocating and, and they were, eventually exploding yeah exactly then then for some reason she exploded <laughs> unfortunate end to uh, her character <laughs> but no she was escorted by um by two guys in, in environmental suits and it was nice to see those used again I'm, I'm a look we paid for them we're gonna use them yeah exactly um but yeah I, I did really like the like I said we were yelling at the screen like ah oh, are you going to fall for this again no no they're not that was a really nice change cuz I mean was. like we were we like, were anticipating the same move we see every time and nope they they finally figured it out that that there should be a safe word yeah there should be like a you know it, like you always hear like if you're a latchkey kid like uh, mm. you know don't go home with anyone unless unless they give you the password now that said when when fake Kirk, uh, Garth masquerading as Kirk, did not give the correct answer, Scotty spends 20 minutes scratching his head, turning to bones with a question mark over his head, just like, huh, he didn't give the right answer. What do we do now? 
Probably should have planned for that one, huh, guys? Yeah, it's, it's if you have the code, then there should D- be procedures in place for if he doesn't give the code. Well, gosh, do you think he forgot? Or? Uh, maybe we should ask him again. But what's the password, Captain? Oh, you know this. I don't know. Come Rhymes on, with? Yeah. <laughs> Two words, Two words. <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, that was that was a little goofy. But the fact that it was there, and the fact that it was a chess thing, I don't know why, but I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. I think, like, when their secret codes are, like, chess moves, I don't, I don't know, that's a dork thing, I don't know Not why. Not just chess moves, 3D chess moves. Well, yeah, it was a Queens to Queens level 3, I think. I, I yeah. remember that because they said it about 7,000 times. Well, yeah, Scotty's just like, Queens to Queens level 3. And then when Garth is um, trying to coax it out of him in various ways, you know, mm-hmm. Queen to Queens level 3, Captain. Like, Says it really me. fast. Yeah. Queens to Queens <laughs> level 3. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. You're wily, Captain Kirk. Listen, if you change the if you change the way you ask me, the tone, I'm not I'm not any more likely to answer than uh, than if you ask me nicely. What if I start screeching at you? Oh, stop it. Yeah, and the shape shifting effect look, I know they didn't have morphing back then. I know they didn't have complicated digital things, but you know, the transporter was pretty believable. There there mm-hmm. are ways to to pull off cheaply a shape-shifting effect, and this was not it. My uh, my favorite part, actually, was how they explained that he learned shape-shifting techniques. Oh, yeah, he went out, like, like he went off and learned kung fu. Like, he yeah, learned it from some ancient monks or something. It's like, yes, he learned the ancient art of transformation from space monks or something. I'm like, really? So you just need to flex really hard, and you'll turn into someone else. Uh, yeah, I just don't... Including don't your it. clothes. <laughs> yeah, I don't buy it. And, and, you know, people of different heights... I mean, listen, I, I don't mind the idea of shapeshifters. It's a, it's a nice, I mean, it's in fantasy, but it's also in science fiction. We have, uh, we have the, the founders in DS9 who were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here, yeah, you need a little more than a human learned how to do it. <laughs> and that, that, again, not an effects problem there. Like, you could have made the effect better, but that was a simple matter of coming up with a, a bit of technobabble or just two lines of exposition to make it go away. Nope, not interested. And that Space just monks. made it stupid. And, and again, the effect, I think, what, what is it? They would zoom in, get blurry, and when they zoom back out, yeah. he, he was the other guy. It's like you can literally see the one guy run off stage. Yeah. They, I don't even think they stopped the camera. <laughs> Just terrible. Ugh. And I, again, I know, I know the budget was cut in season three, but, you know, as we pointed out last week with um, uh, The Empath, they can, when they want to, come up with really creative ways to, to make their small budget go further. Yep. Like, there are there are interesting visual effects you can do if you have a good director to, to pull things off when you have no money. I mean, the, the show was really good at that when it was good at it. Mm-hmm. Like, at its best, they knew what they were doing, but it, this, this was not one of those times. <laughs> no, this was, look over there. Yep. Oh, look, I'm somebody else now. And you might, you have a quarter behind your ear, too. <laughs> Okay. Look behind you, a three-headed monkey. <laughs> well, I'll just turn my head and... Hey! Hey, you're someone else now. Yes, it was an ancient trick from the Orient. <laughs> Speaking of that, the uh, the caretaker, the governor, whatever you want to call him, of the uh, of the insane asylum, uh, was this uh, Chinese dude, this uh, character mm-hmm. actor. Which, I mean, and, and to its credit, this show could sometimes veer, even trying to be politically correct, could, could veer into slight racism of the late 60s, just... The sort of inherent racism that existed back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, they never once called him a Chinaman or anything like that. Like, it wasn't that. But I did notice that I'm 95% sure this is the guy who played uh, the old Chinatown junk shop owner 
in Gremlins who sold the Mogwai to Billy Belzer's father. <laughs> which, which just made me laugh because must, he was kind not, of a scenery-chewing Chinaman in that. Must not feed Tribble after dark. <laughs> no, that's What is that? That's Russian. Is it? Oh, well, whatever. Oh, you're not ready for Mogwai. <laughs> just... But no, in this he was he was just fine, and I think they called him John Smith or something. So. Mm-hmm. John Smith from America. Yes, hi there. It's a yeah. pleasure to meet you. Captain anyway, Kirk. that's that's pretty much all I got on this one. Let's oh, and um, I want to talk about the uh, the uh, the ending with um. There's this part towards the end where you know Kirk or Spock are both trying to get back oh, yeah. on the ship. And you know one of them is Garth, but you do not know which one. No, the two of us went back and forth on that, and, and they really genuinely surprised me. And it, given that we've grown up when we have watching all the stuff that we have for a show from back then to act, legitimately confuse us for a minute, was mm-hmm. that, that's quite a feat. Yeah, no, it was pre- that was pretty impressive. That was handled quite well. Because it could have been Kirk the way he was acting, and then it could have been Spy. He went back and forth. So Yeah, yeah. and they both want the other one to say the password. Yep. And, uh, yeah, for, for about five minutes there, it was, it was you know, like, wow, this, this it, could have been a lot better than it was. Yeah, no, it was a really great moment. It was. And then we had a fight between Kirk and his stunt double. <sighs> yeah, which went his on. His not very impressive stunt double. And and the typical, two, you know, two Kirks. Been a while. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we pointed that out, like, because you, you said, oh, God, two Kirks again. And then I got to thinking, I was like, no, we haven't seen that. Like, and then we see two it Kirks. was a season one staple, but they, they kind of put it on hold for a while. It's mm-hmm. been a while. Like, it went on for a good stretch there, and I think they gave it a rest. But they're like, no, Shatner demands that he be on screen twice. Yep. Because we all know about Shatner and his ego. Mm-hmm. Must have been his lifelong ambition. <laughs> all right. You ready to move on to uh, yes. yet another long title? Yeah, this is definitely the year for it. <laughs> All right, so this is Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. Oh, come on. can I have one more battlefield? No, honey. All right. That was your last battlefield. Okay. Put your shoes on. We're at Grandma's. <laughs> While on a vital mission of vital vitality, the Enterprise encounters a Federation shuttlecraft floating around in space. Once again, proving Roddenberry's first law, space is small and everyone is always bumping into each other. Bringing the shuttle aboard, they meet Lokai, a mutant alien man from planet Sharon with a peculiar skin tone. The right side of his body is white, while the left, or sinister side, is black. Lokai is kind of a jerk, whining about not stealing any shuttlecrafts, despite being in a stolen shuttlecraft, and Kirk is looking forward to dumping him at Starbase 4 so they can get on with doing cool stuff. As they are going to there, they encounter an extremely sophisticated, a word which here means cheap and also invisible, ship which is about to ram into them. But then it disintegrates instead, de- instead, depositing a new pain in the ass on the bridge. It's the Riddler! <laughs> he introduces himself as Commissioner Riddler, a cop from Sharon who has been chasing Lokai for 50,000 of your Earth years. So, clearly, not a very good cop. The Commidler is also black and white, but his colors are reversed for easy identification. Apparently, Lokai is a political revolutionary who attempted to overthrow the Commidler's people. The Commidler wants to return Lokai to Charon for execution, and Lokai begs for political asylum and also to not die. Kirk, who is already bored by the fact that nobody here is a sexy, half-black, half-white lady, says he's taken them both to Starbase 4, where he prays that they will be no trouble at all. But the Commidler is having none of it and takes over the ship using cheap psychic magic. Kirk gets pissed and threatens to blow up the ship instead, and after extremely tense... But long sequence, the Commidler relents and allows the Enterprise to do that vital mission I was talking about earlier. 
When this is done, he sabotages the ship's self-destruct program and then steals it again. The Enterprise returns to Sharon, finding it a, de- a destroyed wasteland. Lokai and the Kamidler, both mad and crazy, have an extremely long chase scene throughout the Enterprise, during which we learn that Frank Gorshin runs like a girl. <laughs> they both beam down to Sharon to keep fighting forever, and the Enterprise leaves, glad, glad to be rid of them. I don't. I cannot remember a time when you and I have watched a Star Trek episode together where we were gasping for air. We were laughing so hard. Oh my god. <laughs> we're talking about at the end when, when Gorshin is running. I may have to put a clip of this on, on postatomichorror.com. It's so funny. It's just ridiculous. Even thinking about it now, it's just, oh my god. And we, were, we were looking at Memory Alpha, and apparently the, the director even copped to this. Uh, the episode ran a bit short, so uh-huh. we made that chase scene last a really long time. So you get a lot of a lot of shots of it, too. Yeah, he just is running around, flailing his arms and legs around. But the one good thing about that sequence is, you know, and I'm, I'm really digging for good points here, but really, I like the sense that the ship is big, and, you, and the corridors don't all look the same. No. They're running for a really long time, but it looks like they're running the entire length of the Enterprise. I, I pretty much saw everything except the bowling alley, which was nice. <laughs> but yeah, this, runs this episode... it, drops this, off a ball. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of amazed that Roddenberry didn't write this. Oh my god. It, it, it smelled, it of, smelled his, of ham. Like, yeah. It smelled of his ham-handed, like, racism is bad, exclamation point. In the future, people are going to get along, and it's going to be great. No. No, no. Sometimes ugh. people will still hate each other because they're different. That is how we are. It's bad, see, but that's how we are. See, they're black and white, but they're otherwise the same. It's a metaphor. Ugh. I also, I, looking at Mary Alpha, this is, I, I usually, let, you know, defer these points to you, but this is something I can't let go. <laughs> the original plan was to make one of them white above the waist, black below the waist, and the other one reverse. How on earth did they expect to pull that off? Yeah, I know, like, Cargo pant, like shorts or something. I don't know, man. Jesus. Oh, jeez. And really, invisible ship, huh? Yep. He shows. He just pops up on the bridge, and uh, we get a couple of shots of the screen. Hey, it's in my. I'm in my invisible ship. It's blown it's up. It's invisible, now, so I can't go back to it. Yeah. And also, it's gone now. Yeah. Oh. My um. I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> You know, for for uh, again, the show did not have a lot of budget this year. I get that, but why don't you say he stole a ship that you've already used and recycle a model of the Romulan ship or something? You know, yeah. Like, like there would be easy ways to do that effectively. Yeah, but no, of course not. I actually think it would have been cool if um if uh, when they did when they redid the episode uh, when they mm-hmm. showed like his ship, it was invisible, but you could you know they like. See the outline Maybe the way, of it or something? Yeah, exactly. That like how they did the Predator thing where you have like the white, the white outline? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think that might have been taken, you know, like, uh, we've pointed this out many times before. They tried to preserve the, the, the spirit of, of the original effects and not overshadow them with, with uh, sort of modern techniques. And I think that might have, that might have strayed. I mean, I, I'm with you, but I think that might have strayed a little too far into, like, rather than enhancing, sort of correcting their mistakes... I don't know. I still think it would be better than staring at an empty screen. I agree, but you're getting into George Lucas territory there, and a lot of people don't like that. Hey, as long as I don't put a Jawa dancing behind the invisible ship, we should be fine. <laughs> Very well. Yeah, there was there was a lot of padding in this episode. Everywhere except where it was needed the most, which was between those guys' junk and their pants. Oh my god, these guys had these fucking sweatpants. 
and just oh no no sweatpants are loose. These were like <sighs> leotards. Oh my god! And just seriously, they outlined each each yeah. nook and cranny of their buffalo shots. Yeah, over over on the uh, Sarcastic Voyage podcast, um, we once watched the uh, the original Batman, like the 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 Batman porn parody, the one that tried to be like the Adam West show, and. Um, Matt said, well, I hope I never get to see the Riddler's penis again. Well, sorry, Matt. Guess what? <laughs> now you've seen the original Riddler's penis. Oh. Yeah. Not Oddly sure. enough, shit like a question mark. <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, I did like the self-destruct sequence. Like, yeah, as that you was pointed a... out in, in your summary, it was a bit long. It was long, but it was a nice little tense sequence, and I liked watching... You know, yeah, there, there has to be three of them, and they all have to read an elaborate code. Like, it's not just pushing a red button, which is mm. nice. It and you were be. saying how um, they copy it exactly for uh, yes. uh, Trek 3. Word for word, when they actually do blow up the Enterprise, they use the same sequence. Which is really cool. It is. The only difference is uh, because, obviously, they haven't brought Spock back yet. Mm. It's Kirk, Scotty, and Chekhov, I think. Oh, who gives Chekhov that much responsibility? Uh, he's, a, he's a senior officer. By the movies, he's like a lieutenant commander or commander, so that's fine. <laughs> Listen, and that's who they had. Like, Bones Bones was, you know, Bones had Spock's mojo in his head, so he couldn't, he was kind of out of commission. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, senior officer-wise, I guess it could it have been Sulu. It probably should have been Sulu, now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, Sulu should outrank uh, Jack. How did, how did this But happen? in any case. No, he did, because he got to be yeah. captain before. Uh, <laughs> Chekhov never got to be a captain. And he never was. We'll get to that when we get to the movies, because that, that's a fun my, um, my The other thing... I noticed about this was apparently it was supposed to be like a big reveal that the reason these two guys hated each other was because of their differings. He's black on the left side and I'm black on the right But I had no idea that was supposed to be a scene. It just was so obvious. Well, see, I I had seen that clip, you know, like back when, I don't know, the Star Trek 25th Mm. anniversary or whatever, like when you would see all the highlight clips, that was one of the clips that they always showed. Like I've seen that clip a hundred times without having seen this episode. So... If it's supposed to be a big reveal, it's one of those, like, oh, yeah. you've spoiled it. But that said, it's a pretty stupid reveal. See? Racism like, is dumb. We're all the same. Yeah, I uh, get it. Thanks. You want to, uh... Also, was it... Was it me, or did Uhura have a few more lines this week out of some weird white guilt? That might have been what it. the story was about. <laughs> it just felt you like... You know, how about throwing her... a few lines to me, the actual black person? Yeah, no... Because this whole time they're going on and on about how we're colorblind and we won't see, you know, we don't see color and it's not, it didn't really occur to us that this would be a thing. <laughs> the whole time Kirk's just saying, shut up, Uhura. <laughs> Can I move back into my apartment yet? No. But Elon's been gone for two weeks. No, no. I'm using it to store my stuff. I'm putting horses in there. <laughs> oh, you're into horses now. <laughs> the, uh, the the planet Charon that they're supposedly from um, mm-hmm. was actually the name of a real planet, as I recall. It's now been reclassified as not a planet. It's like, for a while there, we thought there was a planet out... Like, when Pluto was a planet, there was another one, and we called it Charon. And then I think it was Pluto's moon. It's one of those things that keeps getting recategorized. But there was a body called Charon in our solar system. There might still be, I don't know. But Back uh, then, it, everything could be called a planet. It's just, it's interesting that I think they took a name from... And I could be wrong, I'm sure people will correct me. But I'm pretty sure they took a name from, from mythology and just sort of assumed, you know this would be the name of a planet, and it eventually was. So mm. that's kind of neat. Um, so Gorshin almost takes over the ship. Yep. And which they would almost destroy 
Like, they almost completely just blow it up rather just than let him to have to keep it. him from doing whatever he wants with right. it. Which is, okay, that's cool. That's pretty badass. Kirk yeah. is like, you can't have my ship. I will kill everyone on it before I let you have it. Yeah. That's pretty fucking badass. But then after that scene's over, they're having a drink with him and everything's fine. Yeah, they don't stick him in the brig or anything. No. They just... You fucking nerf... I mean, they, they made a point of po- pointing out that uh, that they had, like, energy fields around him. You couldn't phaser them. So you yeah. fucking get Spock to nerf pinch his ass and you throw him in a cell. Yeah. Easy. But no, it's just like, all right, well, you thirsty? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's this is Tranya. <laughs> uh, Gorshin did not completely chew the scenery to the extent that he did as the Riddler, but there was definitely a bit of a bit of you know a bit of uh, overacting. A bit of oh uh, my god, as you will see in my uh, my episode quote. Yeah, but that was only one. You know, there were there were a few others. Yeah. Whenever he got to be outraged, that was nice. Um, and, and the way he. Mo- you pointed this out, Gorshin, the really thin guy. He's very like I don't know if I'm using the the word correctly. Live, yeah, like like a dancer, like yeah. very fluid and very, like that that weird sort of serpentiny stuff he did as the Riddler is kind of normal for him, I think. Yeah, when he gets upset, he moves like a he it, like a puppet. Yeah, he like flails his arms around, it and it's cool to watch. But it's like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. And it would be kind of cool if they were aliens who just acted like that, but no, it's just Gorshin. Yeah. Um, Do you don't know. have any bones in your arm? Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. He certainly got a bone down there. Oh I'm my god. Jesus. <laughs> I did kind of like the uh, the diplomatic implications of you guys aren't in the Federation, so just fuck off. <laughs> Going like, on we don't, right We don't now. want any part of this. We don't care. Yeah, we don't need this. We have important business. People are going to die or something. I don't know. But, uh... You're you're not you're not in our club, so fuck off. Yep, I kind of like that. Also, I think I liked the story better when it was called the Starbellied Sneeches, and I was five. Yep, I was. I mean, Doctor Seuss essentially did this exact same story for five year olds. This episode upon Thars. Yeah. Anyway, anything anything more about this? I or? believe that's it for long title. Yes. Um. Not not a great one. Not a terrible. No, one. goofy as fun fuck. To, just a, a lot of fun to watch and uh, you know and laugh at. So there was oh oh one other mm. thing. Um, you pointed this. out. I missed it twice because I'm I'm always watching for like li- mostly listening for dialogue jokes. I don't I miss a lot of the visual stuff. Um, that's just kind of the the way I am. I'm I'm more of a of an audio thinker than a visual thinker. You pointed out a couple of times they cut to a wide shot and Chekhov was replaced with uh, I think it's Eddie Paskey, the guy who's. In his chair when he's not yep. there. Eddie Pascal. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Mrs. Cleaver. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm here for duty. No, but it's a, a couple of times they just they they showed the the medium shot where Chekhov's clearly there, mm. and then the wide shot where a guy a foot taller with different hair is sitting. That was a nice change. Yeah, I mean, you know, just keep him there. Yeah, that would be fine. But, Can we just cut away away from Chekhov and then just never cut back to him? Yeah, that that'd would be, be super. Totally fine with me. That said, though, he, uh, he, he was mercifully uh, brief, and, and uh, you know, he didn't say much. No, that was a plus. So, so there is that. All right, anything else about this one? No. All right, uh, so for whom gods destroy in the, future, in the future, mental care will have evolved a little more slowly than economics, race relations, and science. Yep, we're still just tossing them into jail cells. <laughs> nice work, idealized Roddenberry future. All right, and for uh, let this be your last. 
In the future, in the future. racism will be eliminated, uh, except when it isn't, so that we can all learn a little bit about ourselves. I didn't learn anything about myself, except that I think it's funny to watch Frank Gorshin run. Mm-hmm. And then he needs to invest in a cup. Yes, cup. <laughs> um, my quote is the aforementioned when, when Garth could not get aboard the Enterprise when he didn't know the answer to the uh, Queen to Queen's level three. He throws a ridiculous temper tantrum while still in Kirk's body. Uh, and here it is. And uh, mine is uh, Gorshin uh, overacting like a son of a bitch. I once heard that on some of your planets, people believe they are descended from apes. <laughs> yeah, we both like. Is he is he still talking? Is that still happening? There's also a part where the other guy talks about uh, spraying lava from his nostrils that I needed to rewind and check again just to make yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. I didn't... Like you talk about, it, he was so angry that he's yeah. What is it? Spewing lava from my nostrils. I'm like, excuse me. I was actually kind of surprised you didn't go with that. Yeah, no, I listened to it again and I didn't think it was as funny as this one. Yeah, that's fair. All right, well, that is all for this week. Um, we're, we're closing on the end of, of season three. I think we have four more episodes and, and well, four more of our mm. episodes, like eight, eight or nine actual episodes, and, and we're through. Yep. So uh, look forward to that. We're almost done with the original um, series. Sad, really. Yeah, well, well, we still have the animated, so we still have, you know, 20-some odd episodes I guess with, true. with these characters. And then we have the movies. Mm. Like, we're not done with, with Kirk and his guys till, uh till late in this mm. year. So we're, you know, we still got some time. But as far as time goes, uh, that was that was an awesome, clever segue there. Mm-hmm. Uh, time to go. So uh... see you, folks. The Post Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2011. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun. <laughs> <laughs>